Hello and welcome to our Bible study. We do this every Tuesday at, at the same time. And I believe tonight or today I've got some things that are going to really stir your heart as we begin to see what God has for our day and for our generation. I believe we're living in an exciting day and there's just some things that I want to share with you from the word of God and from my heart. And they're going to add to some of the things I shared with you last week. Last week, we began to talk about the fact that God wants to fill us up. He's looking for vessels that are full, full of him, full of the word, full of faith, full of the spirit and full of power. And we, we looked at the example in Acts chapter six. And we talk, we saw about how Stephen, when he got so full of God, he just began to step into some amazing things. And I believe that this is the day that we're in, we're in an amazing generation on this earth. And God is wanting to move on this earth and through the church in an unprecedented way. And I know that God's been stirring hearts and more and more Christians are beginning to get stirred about the fact. And you hear talk about revival and you hear talk about the God wanting to move in the church. And so I'm, I'm going to talk more about it because it's very relevant. But I want to show you some things from the Word of God concerning the plan of God that will excite you. Now, sometimes we hear messages about us and what God has done for me and he redeemed me and how to get my prayers answered and how to receive from God. And, and so, you know, it's good to hear that. But other times it's good for us to really begin to look into the plan of God and recognize that God's doing something. And, and uh, the plan of God doesn't change. God's had a plan ever since bef long before either any of us were born, long before the earth was ever founded. The Bible says Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. God has had a plan all along. And nothing that happens, no, nothing that happens in your life kind of shakes the plan of God. And God thinks, oh, I can't fulfill my plan or nothing that happens on the earth. So the plan of God's going to come to pass. And I want to open your eyes. I believe that God is wanting us to become expectant, even to increase our expectancy even more. And part of how we do that is we're going we're gonna to build in our hearts a vision of the plan of God from the word of God. We're going to see what God has always been planning to do. Like I said last week, it's time to get full. Time to get full of God, full of the Spirit of God, so that God can begin to use you and flow through you. God's looking for vessels. God is looking for vessels. Any time in history that God has found a vessel that he can move through, things begin to happen. Sometimes we think that revivals are just something God just does when he feels like it. But many times it's because God finds a vessel he can work through. He finds someone who yields to him. He'll find, he finds someone who will obey him. And he's looking right now, he's looking on the earth for people who will hear what he's stirring in our hearts. Because we stand right on the verge of some things. We stand right on the verge of, of I believe, the greatest move of God that, that, that this earth has ever seen. And, and, and that's not just, just over-exaggeration. I'm convinced that God, the, the Bible talks about going from glory to glory. And I'm convinced in my heart that there's some things that God has reserved for the end. God has reserved some things for our day. And I'm going to show you some things in a minute that'll excite your heart. And you, we, need to, we need to become aware of the day in which we live. I, as I said last week, the time has long passed for us to delay and to put off and to, to think that we can get away with putting, putting things off for years. God is stirring hearts and he's looking for vessels who will respond because he's ready to move. He's ready to move. We're right on the verge of some things. And uh, last week, last week I, I spoke about 
as an individual being full of God, being full of the word, just spending so much time in the presence of God that, 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 that you become full and more full and more full. And, and I said many times, people, we've heard the, the, this word, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we, we, we relate this word almost to, you know, and put it this way. We use the phrase being filled with the Spirit in relation to the baptism of the Spirit. And sometimes people think that all there is to being full of the Spirit is a one-off experience that happened in my life many years ago. But I want to show you that that being, or I did show you, being full of the Spirit is an ongoing experience. And it's something that, that happens as we spend time in His presence and we get full of the Word and full of the Spirit. God doesn't just want us full of the Spirit. He wants us full of the Word. Because these two things, the Word and the Spirit, are, are part of God's plan that He is coming, bringing them together, combining them in a powerful way in our day. And you're going to see, you're going to see more and more of the demonstration of God. And I believe that I'm convinced as I spend time in prayer, I just believe my heart is so stirred in some areas and, and not mine, not mine only yours as well. I believe. But as I said, last, last week, we talked about God filling you as an individual. Today, I want to expand that beyond that. And I want you to begin to capture a hold of God's plan to fill the church, not just an individual, but to fill the body of Christ. This is where we headed. God is wanting to fill his temple with his glory to fill the temple, the body of Christ around the world. And I'm not talking about an organization or a denomination or a particular group. I'm talking about the called out ones, the believers, the body of Christ, those who've received Jesus into their lives and have made him Lord and Savior. And God is wanting to pour out his spirit, not just on one one, one or two individuals, revivals in the past. We've heard uh, have been, you know, God will raise up an individual and, 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 and a revival will happen through them and through an individual, two or three individuals. But in the day in which we live, God is wanting to manifest himself through the body of Christ. We're so used to, we're so used to individual ministers being anointed by God. And people go to services where they'll be touched by a minister and because of the anointing on that minister's life. But I want to talk to you a bit tonight, a little bit further on about the corporate anointing. The corporate anointing is the presence of God upon a body, upon a group of people, where the presence of God isn't just manifesting through one person, but his presence is manifesting amongst us. And, I, you know, it's one thing. I believe, you know, we say, you know, when we meet together, the Lord is with us. And yes, I do believe that. Please don't get me wrong. But many times we believe God is present amongst us, but we don't see much manifestation of his presence. There's no reality. And to a lot of Christians, walking in the, in the presence of God is not a reality. You know, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that we, many of us have heard these truths. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And yet, to so many Christians, the reality of being his temple, the reality of the fact that God dwells in me, it's, it's almost like they, they, they're completely unaware of that most of the time. And it's because we've, we're, not, we're not as full of him. And we, we, haven't, we haven't become so, so full of God that we're, that we're aware of his presence. And, we, and he begins to reveal himself to us and through us and begins to manifest through us to touch the lives of other people. As I said last week, sometimes, and I might repeat some things. It's because I want to stir you in some areas. I said last week that 
Many times people, they lay hands on the sick and we know the Bible says lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. And so we do it by faith. And so often there's no manifestation of any power. And, and, and you know, we say, well, let's, we'll just keep doing it. We could do it the next one because we believe the Bible. Oh, good. I believe the Bible too. And, I'm, I, I, and you, if you've heard me teach, I believe in believing the Bible. God says lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But you see, so often, what is it about our hands that causes the sick to recover? It is the fact that God's anointing, the presence of God, the healing power of God flows through us into that person. We, God dwells in us and he, he flows through us into them. And many times Christians are so disconnected from the power of God that there's not much power flowing through them. This is why I stirred your heart to get more full of God. And why God, what God wants us to do, he's looking for vessels that become so full of him. But this, he wants to go even further than this. For, for, throughout the word of God, God has spoken his plan. He has revealed in his word what he wants to do. And I'm going to show you some things in a minute. But I believe that God has been working towards some things. And even in recent years, in, in the last few decades, or even the last few hundred years, men and women of God have spoken out the things that are coming. And, and I think many Christians, we've been very aware that, that, that there is a revival coming. There is a revival coming. And, 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 and there's been a sense in our heart, we're getting closer, we're getting closer. But, you know, I, I, want, I, I, believe, I believe we are right on the verge of this. I believe that we're ready to step into this. This is no longer decades away. This is no longer much further off than, than it was in the past. God's been revealing to us what's coming. But we need to begin to realize and begin to hear what the Spirit of God is saying, that we are, we are in that time. And I want to show you some things because, you know, the Spirit of God, he put something on my heart. And, and this is what he said. He says, you know, through, and I'm going to show you some things through the Word of God. Through the Word of God, we see times where God prophesies and speaks out things that are coming. And, and I'm going to give you some examples. And sometimes I'm not talking about promises for your individual life. Like I said, we're not focused on just your individual life today. Uh, you know, God's promise to touch your life, bless you, heal you. Those are sometimes, things. you know, those are things that you can step into in your life. I'm talking about promises that God gives across generations, that he'll speak to one generation about a future generation. Not just individual promises for your lives, but the plan of God and the, what God is, is doing and what he's intending to do. But you see, there, there's a time when God speaks things out. There's a time when he prophesies it. And sometimes for hundreds of years, he'll speak it out and he'll show what's coming. But here's the amazing thing. This is what I want you to get excited about tonight. There comes a generation. There comes a time when that promise, what God has spoken, becomes fulfilled. There is a generation who steps into the fulfillment of what God has been speaking. <laughs> I'm convinced in the bottom of my heart, I'm convinced throughout my entire being that we are a generation of fulfillment. Catch a hold of the vision of God. Catch a hold of what God's wanting to do because this can stir you up. The Bible talks, and many have heard the scripture that, that says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I've been teaching some of our groups about this recently. But that word hope, it doesn't mean I'm wishing or desiring. The word hope there means anticipation and expectation. And Paul used a similar phrase in Romans 5 where he talks about uh, we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And God is wanting to get, bring us to the place where we begin to anticipate, begin to expect that his glory is about to manifest and is, and is going to fill the earth. 
But you see, in order to expect some things, in order to get excited, that's what Paul said, rejoice in anticipation of the glory of God. Rejoice in expectation of the glory of God. In order to begin to rejoice, we've got to begin to realize and, uh, that, 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 that we are close to those things. And, we can, and, and God is wanting to raise the level of our expectation so that we begin to put our faith and we begin to believe him for some of these things and begin to speak them out. And not just to put them off in the future anymore, but begin to hear what the Spirit of God is saying. And someone says, well, you, you know, we don't know the day or the season or the day or the, the Jesus is going to show. I agree. We don't know the exact day. But I believe we can recognize the season. And if you are hearing and listening to what the Spirit of God is saying to the church, you'll recognize the season that we're in. You know, when Jesus came to the earth, there was a man called Simeon in Luke chapter 2. In fact, let's take a step back. Let's take a step back. Because Jesus is one of the examples that I was going to give. You see, for hundreds of years, thousands of years even, God spoke about the coming Messiah. There were times he was prophesying. He was saying it was coming. He was coming. This, the, the, the seed of David and Beth, and he would prophesy where? And he would speak out by the mouths of the prophets. And even the, the New Testament tells us that even the prophets looked into those things and they wondered, when is this going to happen? They desired to, to look more in and understand more of what God was going to do. But God spoke out and he spoke out and he spoke out by prophecy that these things were coming. But there came a generation where he came. There came a time when the, a generation of people on the earth stepped into the day of fulfillment of what God had spoken. See, you know, when God speaks things that are coming, there's going to come a time it's going to happen. There's going to come a time when we step into the fulfillment. There is a generation that steps into the fulfillment of what God has spoken. And this has happened throughout the word of God. See, let me read you some scriptures. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. I want, I want to get you so hungry that you begin to expect, begin to anticipate the manifestation of God and the glory of God and the outbreak of the move of God. Not just, not just in one town, not just in one church, not just in one location, not just in one place anymore. God is getting ready to move through the body of Christ to manifest his presence in the body of Christ across the world. Like I said last week, it won't be known as the revival that happened in this town and the revival that happened in this city or the revival that happened through this minister. God is getting ready to manifest himself through the body of Christ and he's looking for vessels and he's looking for people who become hungry and saturated in him. And part of that is beginning to see in the word of God. And this is what I want to show you today. There's a bit of a teaching in this and a bit of a stirring. But at Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4 says this. When the fullness of time had come. When the fullness of time had come. Well, notice that phrase. The time had come. <laughs> you see, for, for, for decades, for hundreds of years, thousands of years, God spoke. It was coming. It was coming. It was coming. But there came a day when the time had come for it to happen. <laughs> We're right there. This is a generation of fulfillment. And it says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son. See, this is talking about when Jesus came. And throughout the Old Testament, he had prophesied about the coming Messiah. But there came a day he came. Get excited about this. There is a generation that steps into the fulfillment of what God has said is coming. 
<laughs> you, we, we, I believe from the bottom of my heart we're a generation of fulfillment. And as I said, as I said a moment ago, there was a man, Simeon. There was a man called Simeon who was alive on the earth when Jesus was born. In Luke chapter 2, and, and it's, it, I won't read it all, Luke chapter 2 from verse 25, but it says this. It said, um, uh, the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. This man heard God and he realized it's in my generation it's going to happen. He knew these prophecies were about to be fulfilled. He knew by the Spirit of God that the Messiah, the Christ, was coming in his lifetime. This is, again, we're talking about the first time, the first time Jesus came. Because he was a generation of fulfillment. That time when Jesus came on the earth was a time of fulfillment. And through the word of God that you find there's times that God speaks things out and there's times when they get fulfilled. There is a generation that steps into the fulfillment of what God has, done, has spoken out. Oh, men of God, people, some of, the, some of the leaders, some of the people I respect have, have been talking about the move of God that is coming. You go back and listen to some of their recordings from decades, decades ago, and they'll begin to say that this is coming. It's coming. It's coming. See, they, they saw it was coming ahead. <laughs> but there comes a time when a generation steps into the fulfillment. This is something to get excited about. Not it, when Jesus came to the earth, not everyone was excited about it. Some of the people, some of the people who were, were, were waiting for the Messiah, some of the people who read the scriptures, they knew the prophecies. And if you'd said to them, are you waiting for the Messiah to come? They'd go, oh, yes, we're waiting for the Messiah to come. But for them, it was always in the future. But when he actually came, they rejected him. Because they weren't as excited about his actual coming as they were about he's going to come. It's wonderful when, you, when you're expecting what's going to come. But sometimes when God begins to move, some people are not as excited about it as they, as, as they claimed they were going to be. There's some people are like, oh, yes, revival's coming, revival's coming, revival's coming. And revival happens. And they're like, oh, it doesn't quite happen the way I wanted it to happen. And they reject it. And that's happened through, through, through the generations. That's happened for years. But you see, there, there, there's, some, there's other things God has spoken about. You know what? God, God, God spoke, spoke out. You know, give me, give me some examples. In the book of Joel, God spoke out by Joel that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Now, that was a long time, hundreds of years before it actually happened. So God spoke out what was going to happen. And then on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, they stepped into the fulfillment of what God had spoken. See, there is a generation that becomes the generation of fulfillment of what God has spoken. Every time you see it throughout the word of God, there are, there are times God prophesies what's coming and there's times it happens. <laughs> God, God spoke to Abraham. God spoke to Abraham and he, and he, and he spoke about the land he was going to give them. Not only that, but he also said to Abraham, your descendants will be taken captive by another land, by, an, by another nation. God showed him that his descendants would be held slaves. Now, this happened a long time after Abraham. Three, four generations is when Joseph went in, into Egypt. And a little while later after that. And for hundreds of years, they were kept as slaves. But you know what? It's amazing. I love this because uh, this is another scripture here. Acts chapter 7. <coughs> 
Acts chapter 7, verse 17 says this. When the time of the promise drew near. Remember the last one said when the, when the fullness of time had come. This one says when the time of the promise drew near. There's a time that the promise draws near and there's a time the promise comes. I'm not talking about individual promises for your life and what Jesus has provided for you on the cross. I'm talking about the plan of God, what God's, what God's planning to do and what God's got ready for the body of Christ. Acts chapter 7, when the time of the promise drew near, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt. See, God had said to Abraham some things are going to happen and he revealed it to him. But there came a day that a generation arose that stepped into the fulfillment. And God raised up Moses and moved mightily through demonstration of God. That was a fulfillment generation. There was a promised generation and there was a fulfillment generation. God spoke out what was going to come. Moses' generation was a fulfillment generation. Joshua's generation was a fulfillment generation. Jesus' generation was a fulfillment generation. These are people who stepped into what God had been showing was coming. You know, there was, a, there was, a, there was one man, still talking about Abraham and the children of Israel. Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, verse 22. I'm convinced that there are fulfillment generations. There are generations that step in. The time becomes close and then the time becomes now. The time arrives. Hebrews 11, verse 22 is talking about Joseph. Now, Joseph was, was Abraham's great-grandson. Now, he knew what God had shown Abraham. He knew that God had said they'll go into slavery. Even as Joseph brought his family to Egypt, in his heart he knew what was coming because God had said it. But he also knew he was not in the fulfillment of that. So he spoke out future what was coming. And it says in Hebrews eleven twenty two, by faith, Joseph, notice that by faith, why did he do it by faith? Faith is when you believe what God has said. Go Joseph believed what God had revealed through Abraham, that, 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 that they were going to go into that captivity, but then they were going to come out. And so Joseph believed what God had been speaking and he put his faith in that. And it says by faith, Joseph, when he was dying made mention of the departure of the children of Israel. Joseph saw what was coming hundreds of years past his death. And he, well, as he was dying, he brought it up. And he said, guys, God is going to take you out of here. And when he does, take my bones with. See, he had faith in what God was going to do. And he had expectancy. He knew what was going to happen. How did he know? Because God had spoken it. See, this is, this, is, this is so important when God has spoken things out. Some people just, we get on with our lives. We get on with day-to-day -day life, and we get so caught up in our agenda that we lose sight of the plan of God, and we lose sight of what God is doing. And sometimes people have sensed a call of God in their lives, maybe when they were much younger, but they've gotten so caught up in life, they've gotten so caught up in doing the day-to-day -day things of life that they've lost sight of the call of God on their life. And a message like this is designed to stir you up. It's designed to, to for, you, you need to hear what the Spirit of God is saying to your heart. And some of you, he's beginning to call and he's saying, you need to get back to your calling. You need to get more in my presence and spend time with me.
Get filled up with me. There's no time to put this off anymore. Because we're in a fulfillment generation. <laughs> so jo Joseph believed. He had faith. He knew. He didn't, he didn't say this might happen. Oh, guys, you know, one day maybe you might be delivered from the land. And if you do, take my bones with you. No, he fully knew it was coming. But he wasn't in the fulfillment generation. He was in the generation that was still saying it's coming. It's coming. And like I said, men of God from decades past have known it's coming. It's coming. But there comes a generation. There arises a generation that steps into the fulfillment where they begin to see and experience what God has, has, has been speaking out. There is always a generation that steps into the fulfillment. And my message to you tonight is this. I believe we are a generation of fulfillment. We are right on the verge. Hear what the Spirit of God is saying to people. Hear what the Spirit of God is speaking to hearts and what he's trying to show and, 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 and open your eyes to. Why am I preaching a series like this, different to what I normally teach on? It's because it's time to stir hunger. It's time for people to begin to realize that there's certain things I need to start laying aside. They're the weights and the sins and the things that have held me back. And the delays and the putting things off. And it's time to begin to realize there is no more time. Because when the time has come, things happen. It's all, it's all good and well if you're in a generation before the time has come. Because it's always in the future for you. But there came a time when Jesus came onto this earth. And then there, and there, there was no more, well, it's going to happen in the next generation. It was, gonna, it was then and there. There is a generation that steps into the fulfillment of what God has spoken. Now, I want to I I build this on, on top of this a little bit. I, I want to I begin to show you some things here. And, and last week, we were looking in Ephesians chapter 3. We were looking at the prayer that, um, that um, Paul prayed for the church. And he, it's just this one phrase. Because I want to show you some of what's coming. So very often when we hear about the end times and people preach on the end times, they hear about a lot of the negative things. They hear, they, they hear all the, the, the negative signs. And, you know, hey, the Bible shows some things. I'm not saying that they, they, they're not coming. But, but sometimes we don't get as excited about that. <laughs> it's not as exciting when you hear about, you know, when Jesus, when Jesus and the book of Revelation shows some of the things that, that are not that great, they are going to happen. But you know what? God has a plan for his church. Just because darkness covers the earth doesn't mean darkness covers the church. Remember in, the, in, 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 in Egypt, one of the plagues, the darkness, but the children of Israel, they had the light. You see, the glory of God is getting ready to be unleashed on the church. And yes, we've had the presence of God to a degree. And yet we've, yes, we've had a, a, a level of the anointing and a level of the manifestation of God. But we are about to step into some things at a much higher level. The Bible talks about going from glory to glory. And sometimes people say, well, I'm not convinced there can be different levels. Well, I just go look in the scriptures. Elisha asked for a double portion of Elijah's anointing. See, the anointing can come in different measures and different levels. And there's times when, it's, when it needs to come forth in, in, in incredible strength and force, sometimes to break through some things. Elijah's ministry was a ministry that had to break through some things, and it came in incredible force through him, the power and the presence of God. But we're, we're, I believe we're going to step into a greater level of some things.
We're going to step into an increased level of the presence of God because God wants to fill this earth with his glory. God wants to fill his church with his glory. Not just one individual, but the body, the body of Christ, the manifest, the corporate anointing, we could call it. Ephesians 3.14, this is the phrase that we read last time. Verse, uh, Sorry, 3.19. He starts the prayer in verse 14, but verse 19. The, the last phrase, he, what he prays for them is that, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And we're going to explore this phrase a little bit more because I want to show you some other verses which talk about this. Paul's prayer for the church was that they be filled. And that word filled means crammed full. With what? The fullness of God. This is the plan. God, God wants to fill the church with his fullness, not just a measure, not just a bit. It has always been the plan of God to dwell with his people and to walk with his people. It has always been the plan of God to, 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 to live amongst us and dwell with us. And, to, and, and he's not been able to reveal himself at his fullness and, 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 and manifest himself. At times through the word of God and at times through history, he's done so. But he wants to unleash his fullness. He wants to pour out the fullness of himself into the body of Christ. I'm not talking about individuals here. I'm talking about the fullness of God filling the body of Christ. This is where God's going. And you better believe me when the fullness of God begins to manifest in the body of Christ, you're going to start seeing some things happen. I, I'm convinced. I, oh, I, just, um, I won't share that right now. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 19 says, filled with the fullness of God. Well, let's, let's look at some things the Bible says about Jesus with regard to this. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. And this is talking about Jesus said, for it pleased the father that in him all the fullness should dwell. See, when Jesus came to this earth, the glory of God, the presence of God, the fullness of God dwelt in him. Dwelt, lived, took up permanent residence in him. And that's Colossians 1.19. Colossians 2.9 says this. Again, the same thing. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. See, so while Jesus was on this earth, the fullness of God dwelt in him. And people say, yes, but that was Jesus. I, I agree, it was Jesus. But catch the plan of God. Catch the plan of God. You might want to look at this one in your scriptures. That was Colossians 2.9. Keep reading. See, sometimes we, and I'm going to show you something that's not been translated too well a lot of the times in the English. I, don't, I know there's people who speak other languages here. Watch, maybe it says something better in your Bibles. But Col Colossians 2.10 says this in the English, and you are complete in him. <clears throat> you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Now, I'm going to read you that out of a couple of different translations. I'm just opening them up here. You are complete in him. That word complete is the same word we have been reading elsewhere to be full. It's not, it doesn't mean complete in the sense of finished. It's used elsewhere. Every verse where we have taught where that you may be filled, that's the word, with the fullness of God. Paul, Paul's prayer for the church. That's the same word here. This word doesn't mean complete in the sense of finished, that you may be complete in him. I, I know elsewhere in the Bible it talks about coming to maturity, the body of Christ coming to maturity. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I believe God's bringing us to completion in that sense. Not this verse. That's not what this verse is talking about. 
This verse, that is the word full. It means crammed full. That you may be crammed full in him. So right after it talks about in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily, the very next verse says, and you are full in him. So this verse is not just talking about Jesus being the only one filled with the, the, with, with the fullness of God. It has always been the plan of God to fill the body of Christ with the fullness of God. And this is a, this is a, this is a message for our generation because for previous generations have not stepped into the, the place where they've been filled with the fullness of God. When Jesus walked on this earth, he was filled with the fullness of God. But now he's the head and we are the body. And it is, it's the plan of God that the body walk in that fullness too. And in fact, it says that. It says, and you are complete or you are full in him who is the head. See, this is talking about the body of Christ and the head. Just like the body, the head is filled with the fullness of God. So the body is to be full of the fullness of God. Crammed full. Like I said, let me read you this in a couple of different translations. Not, not all English translations use the word complete. Uh, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are, one translation says, filled full. Filled full in him. And it's talking about the body, not just individuals here. One translation says this, and you are filled with God through your union with Christ. That's just to show you that the, 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 the translating this complete is not the next trans, not the best translation. God's wanting to unleash his fullness on the church. See, as I said, we've, we, we've experienced the individual anointing. We have, we've, we've, we've seen God moving through individuals. And believe me, God's, God's still raising up individuals. God, the, God still moves through the fivefold ministry and through individuals. There are individual anointings, but there is also a corporate anointing. There is an anointing where God fills a body, where the presence of God. And again, I, I, there's times I've heard stories where the presence of God comes in to, to, to more than just an individual. It's one in the scriptures. Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2, when the Holy Spirit was poured out. And, and we all know that on the day of Pentecost talks about the tongues of fire that rested upon them and they spoke with tongues. But just before that, it says this, that, that, that there was a rushing mighty wind that filled the building where they were. That wasn't just the presence of God manifesting through an individual. That was the presence of God manifesting through that group and the, the corporate anointing in that place filled Acts chapter 4, they stepped into it a little bit more as well in their prayer meeting as they were praying after they were threatened. And it says the building was shaken. This is the corporate anointing. This is the presence of God, not just manifesting through an individual, but manifesting to a group. This is where we're heading. I believe we're going we're gonna to come into a day with a corporate anointing. And, and one minister that I was studying after, he says, the greatest anointing of all is the corporate anointing. We think the individual anointing is, you see signs and wonders happening through individuals. We think that. But, uh, um, um, you know, it's wonderful when you see a preacher filled with God and the anointing of God flowing through him. But imagine what it'll be like when you've got, and it's not just a couple of preachers filled with, with, with God. And it's not just a couple of churches filled with God. Imagine what it will be like 
when the body of Christ is filled with the anointing of God like that. Across the world, across the nations. This is where God is heading. God has always said that we are being built up to be a temple. You see, we are individually, you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But corporately, we are also the temple of the Holy Spirit. And individually, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. But the corporate temple as well is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is a manifestation of God through the body of Christ. And someone says, I don't believe, I don't believe we're going to see this until we get with, to heaven. You need to get in the word of God and you need to see what the word of God has to say. Let go of your opinions. Stop holding to religious ideas and personal views. See the plan of God and the word of God. And if you don't want to believe it, it's up to you. You don't have to believe it. I'm not forcing anyone to believe it. You can turn this broadcast off right now if you don't believe it. I don't mind. <laughs> don't bother me because we've got a generation of hungry people who will receive it and will believe it and will get a hold of it and will begin to get expectant and begin to get passionate. And, 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 and like the Bible says, we begin to rejoice in anticipation and expectation of the glory of God. We're heading somewhere. We are so used to a church that's divided up by denominations. We are so used to a church that's split up by different groups. There's coming a day when it's going to be the body of Christ. Yeah, groups might still have their own identity and stuff like that, but that's not a big thing. But the, the, God is bringing the body to a place where he is ready to manifest his glory. And the Bible has said the glory of God will fill the earth. It's go, how is it going to fill the earth? It is going to fill the earth through us, the body of Christ. I've just seen the comment there. I'm hungry for more of God. I am too, Carlos. And I know you're hungry. And I and I am hungry for God. And I believe this is what God wants. This is this is part of what is on my heart right now. Is to stir people for hunger. I'm not I'm not looking for a revival to happen just through me. Like I said last week, it's certainly I'm going to be one of the ones because I'm part of the body of Christ too. But it's not about a name or an individual. God is wanting to make groups, all of us, hungrier and hungrier and hungrier. Because he's getting ready. The time, there's a time when God speaks things out. There's a time when he shows the plan. There's a time when he makes the promises. And there is a time when you step into the fulfillment of that promise. We're a fulfillment generation. I believe that from the bottom of my heart. I'm so stirred about this right now. And some people might not be confident enough to speak out and say, oh, yes, this is it. That's okay. It's all right. It doesn't matter. But I'm going with what I believe the Spirit of God's putting on my heart. You can judge me when we get to heaven over whether I was right or not. But I'm convinced now. And I, the Spirit of God, I believe, is wanting to get. I'm still here. I think I just disappeared off screen for a second. It's all right because I was I was uh, rounding up anyway. So take this time to begin to, to 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 fill yourself up more with God. Take advantage of the opportunities that when there's we've got more time on our hands. This is a gift. What we've had for the last few months. It's not, people think it's a crisis. It's a gift to the body of Christ. I'm not saying God sends it. Please don't. Understand. But the opportunity is a wonderful opportunity for us to slow down a little bit and get more filled with God. Spend more time in God's presence because now people are starting to come out of these things. 
But don't let life go back down. Don't let life go back to the way it was and just slot back in and forget about, you know, and just go back to the routine of popping into church once a week. Don't go back to that, that routine. There's got to be some people who become hungry, hungry for God. They become driven with a passion for more of God, and I believe that's us. So let's, let's pray. Father God, we thank you. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for you're the manifestation of your spirit. Hallelujah. Father God, I thank you that your spirit is moving. I pray, Father God, that your Holy Spirit right now would just begin to stir hearts of people who are listening to this message. And this isn't just about preaching a sermon and let's get some good teaching and go on our merry way. This is about, this is about connecting in, connecting in with what God is saying and what God is doing and responding. See, some people will just tune out and say, well, I've heard the bit that I want to hear. Yeah, it's okay. And now they're just praying. The hungry ones, you'll, you'll keep receiving, keep receiving. God can begin to touch your life. Spirit of God can touch you wherever you are right now. In many, in many different ways, it can even, it, God, healing can manifest in people right now. Just, just as we begin to open our hearts. And we, we've not been specifically talking about healing, but we've been talking about the presence and the manifest presence of God. Well, that can begin to manifest in some people right now. So just, just begin to cry and begin to say, Father God, we are hungry. Lord God, we thank you for the manifestation of God. We thank you, Lord God, that, 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 that there is a time when people, a generation that steps into the fulfillment of what God has spoken. I believe, I'm expecting, and I'm anticipating the manifestation of the glory of God, and I'm excited about it. I believe that we are stepping into the manifestation of the glory of God. And Father God, that is our prayer. We pray that you will fill the body of Christ with the fullness of God. We open our hearts to that. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, God bless. You. I've seen uh, lots and lots of comments coming up here, so I will uh, I will flick through those later on, and I I see some of those. And Diana, I believe, and, and and my mom there, the presence of God is tangible and agreement. Praise God. Thank you for those. And I know that there's people connecting up and hooking up with what 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 we're saying here. I know I'm not the only person talking revival right now. So like I said this is the body of Christ. It's time for the church to to arise. And for these things to begin to manifest. But this is designed to make you hungry. So I appreciate if people share this. I appreciate if you get other people to listen. Not, 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 not to just get my face out there. I really couldn't care less about my face. Not the prettiest one on the planet anyway. But, um, but to get the word, to stow people out. Get people around us. Get the people who are sensing something in their heart. This will connect with them on the inside as they begin to listen to it. So I appreciate you sharing this. And uh, we've got some more wonderful things to share in this series, I believe, and we, uh, that, that God wants us to still show. This is why I'm doing a series on this. So God bless you. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you, Father God, for ministering life and healing to people who need it right now and manifesting your presence in their lives. We receive that right now. Just because we're not in a building together, just because we're not all together, just because it's over the internet doesn't mean that the, the Spirit of God can't manifest and touch your life where you are right now. So we open, we, we allow the Spirit of God the opportunity to do that. And if you need healing, you just we, we thank God that healing touch goes into people's lives right now and other things that people need in Jesus' name. God bless you, and we will see you again uh, next week. Thank you very much.